Hey, you're listening to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating the endeavours of creatives on the north coast of New South Wales. My guests today are Starve Shawl and Miklo Jarrett. Uh, Starve is an incredible singer-songwriter, multilingual singer-songwriter, who has uh, teamed up with Miklo to release a track with some Gimbangia language. And uh, so they both joined me in the studio for an awesome chat. Uh, so yeah, stick around, enjoy it. Uh, also, gigs are coming back, so we're going to have the gig guide operating very soon. Can't wait to um, get that happening a little bit more. Uh, yeah, enjoy the show. Hey, you're listening to Celebrate Sounds, a podcast celebrating the endeavours of creatives on the North Coast. Special, special treat today in the studio, Starve Shawl and Miklo. Uh, we're going to be talking about some exciting things that they've been doing together. But before we get into it, I'd love, Miklo, if you can do a, uh, a little welcome. Darundangagu. Kujangia. Jagundu. We are blessed by the land. Kujangia. Moyelu. We are blessed by the spirits. Kujangia. Gagalu. We are blessed by the ocean. Kujangia. Gilagungu. We are blessed by our ancestors. Kujangia. Pindrejo, we are blessed by the river. Nanyundibijar Miklo, I am Kumbangir Jamber Pagapaganir. My name is Miklo, I'm a Kumbangir man from the Maka Heads. Yam Kumbangir, this is Kumbangir homeland. Jagun, Palijinda, Belinjin at Belinjin. Taroe Laming Kumbangita Jagunda, welcome to Kumbangir homeland. Wow, that's awesome, thank you. Lovely to have you guys in here. And uh, normally, like I say, I like to get a bit of a, a sense of um, who the people are that come in and, and have a good chat and a yarn about, you know, who you are and what you do. And, um, and so I, I think we probably a great place to start is just for you to each in- introduce yourself and, um, and we'll start with stuff. And, um, and yeah, just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you're from, um, and then we'll do the same for Miklo and then we'll sort of tie into... Um, the the interview, what's happening between you guys, if that's cool. Yep. Sure. Hey. Shalom. I'm Stav. Um, I'm a contemporary singer-songwriter. Play guitar. Might have bumped into me in the street. <laughs> um, I won the Folk Alliance Australia Young Artist of the Year Award in 2018 and mainly being based in Melbourne um, and Bellingen. And I've got I'm Israeli and Australian, and I've got Iraqi, Polish, Jewish roots. Um, so who am I really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so nice to be here in Bellingen today on Gumbangir country and um, sharing stories and songs. Cool. Very exciting. Mm-hmm. And Miklo? Yeah. My name's Miklo, Miklo Jarrett, Michael Jarrett, Miklo. Uh I grew up in Nembaka Heads on the Aboriginal Reserve in Nembaka Heads. Um, I went to school on that reserve and I uh, grew up around Nembaka Heads around a full initiated um, Gumbangir, full fluent speakers. And um, But they didn't teach us the language. So, um, you know, I made it my mission back in 1990. Um, seven to go back and learn my language again. Uh, I am early childhood trained teacher. I work in also the 
I'm primary and uh, secondary school uh, trained. I um, work for the Department of Education as a Kumbangir language teacher. I train uh, Indigenous people to become language teachers and, wow. uh, of, uh, and cultural uh, teachers. And my mission is to um, saturate Kumbangir homeland with Kumbangir language. Awesome. Mm. That's awesome. It's interesting uh, having known Stav a little bit longer and the fact that you're multilingual and you're doing something together. Um, I, I think that the whole thing is going to be really fascinating. But I would just like to touch on, um, Miklo, the fact that you said you grew up on that reserve and there were lots of fluent Gumbangia, um speakers, but they didn't teach you, um, you know, the language. And what was it for you that that kind of spurred you on to wanting to, to learn the whole language and then start to impart that knowledge to other people? When I, I worked at the preschool, which is next door to the Murabai Language Centre as an early childhood, early childhood uh, teacher, when I went back to learn the language, I was teaching the, um, the uh, children at the uh, preschool, you know, things like head, shoulders, knees and toes, all your body parts and, um, you know, commands and uh, stand up, sit down, little songs like yeah. um, the Bindre Jurie Wari Gagalgo, the river is flowing to the ocean, and you know, um, all games playing with the kids. So I realized the more I learned my language, the stronger I became as a, uh, as a, um, as a person, mm. a, as a, uh, a, a being of who I am. Sure. You know, our identity got taken away. Uh, from the elders and that identity was lost or, or sleeping somewhere, you know, and to reawaken my uh, language and my culture inside me is that that's why I wanted to keep teaching the children. I wanted to teach, keep, uh, keep teaching people and also, you know, the best way to learn language is through, through song, you know, and so I love, I love music, you know, yeah. and I haven't been trained in any, any sort of music, but um, there are uh, traditional songs that I love singing and there are uh, contemporary songs that I love singing. And when people like staff come to me to uh, ask <laughs> if uh, she, uh, you, you know, can uh, put some language in the song, mm. I say, yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah. And that, uh, well, that's a perfect segue just to, uh, for, for you, Stav, if you want to kind of um, – Highlight a little bit of what you've been doing lately and the projects that you're working on and, and how you guys um, collaborated. Yeah, so obviously with lockdowns, the music industry has been greatly affected um, and that really shifted my focus into recording and kind of gave me a kick up the... <laughs> to get going and um, really move forward with music. Um this particular song, River of Change, was actually kind of interesting how it came together. It was a blind co-write mm. um, set up by APRA. And just for, for, so for people who maybe are mm. in, the, in the musical world, what's that? Um, <laughs> they, it's a music organisation mm. that supports artists. And the bl- and Sorry, I, I guess I meant the blind co-write. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. Um, they picked two names out of a hat and put us together and said, write a song. Mm. You have three Zoom sessions or more if you want and see what you come up with. All right. I happen to actually know this. Um, Shirley Lynn is her name. She's okay. from because I played at a folk festival up um, Younger Borough, it's called. Yeah. The Tablelands Folk Festival. 
And yeah, we came, we just ended up working way, way beyond the three sessions. And it was really special because it was, she's um, a few generations, couple generations older than, <laughs> older Be careful than what you say. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I don't know. It depends when you have kids. That's when the, yeah, yeah that's that true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Generations. Um, and yeah, she's a wonderful um, blues country songwriter. Yeah. It's like really different style. But I think it's at this point in my life where I'm really valuing working together with people. Yeah. Um, seeing the magic that can come together. It's interesting, isn't it, on that point, um, the fact that we've all been isolated in various ways and in various degrees. There's something about that community thing that's, I think, bonding people together a little bit more strongly now. I think people are really realising the value in that. Mm. And I know last year, obviously, you were in Bella for a while. You did go back to Melbourne for a bit. When yeah. when was the the, the blind co right? When did that start? And, and just take us through, before we get into the Gimbangia language and how you incorporated that, just take us through the process of, of how that started and then what triggered you to um, sort of want to talk to Miklo and, and put some yeah. Gimbangia language in. Um. So I, it was around April, March or April last year that I escaped to Bellingen. It's a bit stressful in the city um, yep. and, you know, the beaches here and beautiful nature. Yeah. It's very healing. Um, and I, I was quite affected emotionally by the fires and I was really feeling the impact on the future and loss of biodiversity and um yeah I just process things through song so yeah. I just write, wrote the chorus um fire circling me be strong like the eagle um ngali ngali this is no dream and just um, wake up that's like the lyrics from the songs yeah. and um maybe you want to talk about I don't know well, the, yeah the name of the mount that there's a man in the mountain mm-hmm. um, whose name is Ngali. Ngali, or some people will pronounce it Nangali, Nangali, Nungali, Nungali, Ngali, Ngali. Cool. Yeah, yeah. That's the way I'd pronounce the man in the mountain. Have you seen the man in the mountain? The, well, who they what they call the old man sleeping? Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, Nangali. Yeah, Nangali. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Fascinating when you drive driving in. You know, yeah. there's that that little spot between the highway and Shortcut Road where you get a really good view. Yeah, of it. yeah totally it's incredible. Looks like a person. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Don't do it driving though. Probably <laughs> if you're a passenger, it's okay. <laughs> yeah, true. You can get caught up in that view. I've done it way too many times, and you kind of yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Dangerous. Your you follow your eyes um, in your in life as well. Um, so yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, and so obviously, so initially with the the co-write was that was that the the um I guess did that give you the impetus to write the song and then incorporate no, the gumbang electric? I was already writing the song. Yeah, and okay. Then I got put together with Shirley Lynn, and because it was a song that was so centered on home and this land, it didn't feel complete not to have gumbangi language yeah. in it. Um, and um, Miklo was the person I asked because he's a language teacher here, and um, we met, um, what, a couple of years ago now? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, through a project I'm involved in called Ethno, 
Um, we've played at Woodford Folk Festival yeah. and Mullum and in Bello. Um, we, it's a project just briefly about sharing culture through song. It's like 40 people all teaching their culture. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it's a really special um, project. And Miklo came down and told us some stories and, um, yeah. This, was, that, um, was that with um, uh, at the showground with Greg yeah. Sheehan? Yes. Yeah, yeah, all you guys. Are, um, oh, with Greg as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. Now it's all coming back to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Greg, yeah. Greg's been on the podcast. He, he just Great. lives around the corner. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got a new book out, actually. <clears throat> yeah, The Rhythm yeah. Diaries. I've read a bit of it and I asked him about it when he came and did an interview. And yeah. I was like, um, I feel like I feel stupid. Well, you know where I started reading it in the kids section. It's got, mm. it's great. It's That's got awesome. Lots of games yeah, yeah, and, fully. And it's also really um, relatable. And yeah. Well, that whole thing about rhythm and how he approaches it. I mean, to you know, if you were to really understand it, obviously you've got to be good at maths and then obviously really good at rhythm. But it's just fun to do, and it creates so like the body percussion stuff that he does. Like it's all so interesting. Mm. So anyway, so that's how you guys met Matt doing a, a little. Yeah, yeah. He, he, they were at the Billington Showground. Uh, um, they invited me to come over and um, tell the group uh, some Gumbangi stories and do a smoking ceremony, do a welcome, and. This I think this was was this the uh, the winter festival music yeah yeah uh, yeah like a yeah. workshop yeah yeah and um, I told them some stories and I met all the guys there and you know and I went in to see their uh, the music which is beautiful yeah yeah and we met after that uh, at number five mm. and started talking about what sort of um, language she wants in their songs and stuff yeah wow. Yeah, and I'd already we'd written the lyrics already, so it was based around um, the river here and the eagle that I saw, and um, I brought the lyrics and we worked with those um, and translated them, and it's kind of woven through the song in kind of more of a spoken word. Yeah. Um, yeah, <clears throat> you know the language of this land um, was was. Uh, instilled in the land by the creator of the ancestral being called Yuladara. That's why this land is called Gumbangir, and that's why I'm Gumbangir. So all the all the words and all the language comes from the ancestral beings who put the uh, the and the land itself. So when we speak our language, and the old people speak their language, they spoke they spoke to the land, they spoke to the spirits of the land, they spoke the elements of the of the land. And that's why I think, you know, in the future as well with other singers and more hopefully we'll do some other stuff in the future about putting more language into the into the songs mm. and into plays and into stories, you know, and the Gumbanga language. So, you know, that this land does become alive mm. and and, you know, heal. Yeah. Not only not only the Gumbanga people, but everybody and the land. So when you know when you speak when you speak this language, you're actually healing 
um, the land and mm. the people that's in the land. And when you sing, you know, because Gumbanga people believe that everything is, is connected to everything else. We're all in a relationship with everything else as far as the universe to the end of the universe. So what we do here echoes all the way out. And what happens out there echoes all the way back here. Everything is connected. So, you know, when we make our sounds, you know, our beautiful, beautiful sounds, mm then that resonates all the mm. way through everything that is in existence. Yeah. Yeah, there's something, I mean, obviously about language as well, but obviously sound and vibration and music and all that kind of stuff, which is, is really powerful. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you know, you mentioned before that, you know, the language and the land are, are interconnected. Can you explain that a little bit for someone like me who hasn't really heard that concept um, spoken? Like I know the concept, but from <clears throat> someone like yourself, just explain that. The ancestral beings created the land and the language. So Bunjalung people to the north of us, mm-hmm. that's where the ancestral being put the Bunjalung language. And that's Bunjalung people are connected through that language to the land. Their spirit, their uh, every fiber of their being, same with Gumbanga and Dangati people and ourselves. So our language connects us when we speak. It connects us to our land, it connects us to our dreaming, and it connects us to our ancestral beings and our ancestors that have passed on through uh, the years and years of living on this land. Mm. So everything that we, uh, uh, when we speak our language, the birds, the trees, the water, the ocean, everything is in us and we are in it. We are connected. We are fully, fully connected to our homeland. Mm. And there's something quite st- strong about that phrase being connected to the land, and mm. it kind of um, gives the impression of responsibility, even. Mm. And I think that's a really important thing when you have that connection with a place um, that you want to look after that place and mm. and treat the people in that place with respect. Yeah. And so when you when you grow your vegetables and it's on Kumbanga soil, so that that water that is on the land and that soil that is on the land and that seed you put in that in that in that ground grows from that ground and you when you eat that you become a pilot because mm. you you know mm. that that you were connected to that through that eating your mm. it goes into your body yeah. you know that's yeah. fascinating yeah i yeah. really relate to that too with like my dad's family's from iraq and although i don't speak arabic just a few words here and there um we've really grown up with the iraqi cooking yeah, the food, and uh, it's a really special way to connect to culture. It's certainly something um, for me, like a, a white Caucasian male, something that I really appreciate and admire about other cultures because, um, you know, for, from no fault of my own, I just haven't grown up with that kind of connection to land. And it's super fascinating. And also I think quite um, important for people to realise the connection that people have with their, with their land. And it is different for someone like me because, like, I, I, we don't have, um, I, I don't know, fish and chips. I don't know what, what our, our, like, my ancestral food, like... There would be. There would something. Be something. So, yeah, there would yeah. be something. Yeah. But it's quite, quite far removed yeah. from, like, my knowledge and my family and it's something that I guess... Um, probably wasn't prioritized as something to pass down. Yeah. And I quite, I find that quite fascinating. Like what is it about, um, you know, other cultures that, that can kind of really connect time and place with where they're living and the food that they're eating and, and pass that sort of stuff down. Like, 
if that's a question I can pose to you, start. I've got something going through my head at the moment. Yeah, yeah, go for it. You know, when we want to get in contact with our uh, ancestral beings and who we are and all that stuff, we do ceremony. You know, we we uh, play music, yeah. we sing, we pray, we uh, you know do all these th- um, things to get in contact with our who, who our ancestral beings are yeah. or our ancestors. And you know, uh, what you do every day gets you in contact with them. Mm. You know, well, yeah. you, even yeah. your even your language, your speaking, your movements, your everything. You know, that's you 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 do that every day. You don't don't forget that. Sure. What you do is every day connects you to your ancestral beings and past. Mm. Yeah, one of my teachers said culture is where you meet. So it might be you have like um, phrases that you only use with your family. Sure. And yeah, <laughs> they're pretty funny. Like yeah, yeah. That, that's like that's culture. Oh, absolutely. Food. food as yeah, well. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like. Exotic or spicy, or sure, but like it's the simple things. No, absolutely. I guess like what I was saying was that like um, large ethnic groups and 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 people who have that connection, there's there's a real there's a strong connection. Is I guess what I was more alluding to. Um, certainly, like my family and we have we have our own little traditions yeah. and things like that. But it is I I just admire it so much about yeah. those cultures and that I do that. I think it goes deep. It's like a spiritual strong spiritual connection. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's what it is. Yeah, I suppose it's like a it's almost a, a testimony and a, and a remembrance of like where you come from and that kind of thing as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us a little bit more about the song. Um, you know, I'm I'm fascinated by this. You've obviously thought long and hard about the way that you wanted to do it, and um, yeah, like what what sort of got you inspired? Other than the fires, was it like a time of what was happening in COVID and, and just feeling a little bit overwhelmed or? A bit of everything. There's some nice harmonies there. <laughs> um, I think looking at the context of the world today, it's something that needs to be happening more, in my opinion. Like Australia is the only country without a treaty. Is that right? Mm. And I think Bellingen's got something really special in that does have a really strong community spirit. Mm. Right of mouth is really strong. Tell your friends. <laughs> um, and I think change starts from within us. And, I've, yeah, this is something that I'd like to see more of in the world. I think it's a bit contentious maybe for some people, me singing in a language that's not my own. Um, and I... Yeah, I wanted. Can you um? Can you speak to that, Mikla? Like, um, you know, obviously that stuff. You've got some reservations, or just maybe. Well, concerns? I've just heard people say it's better to bring out Kumbangi voices from the people. Mm, sure. Um, you know, um, singing, singing in in um, in uh, like I like singing. I sing in English. I sing in, um, you know, Kumbangir. Uh, for for a non gumbangir person to sing in Gumbangir, um, you know, to hear those sounds, it it's it just resonates with me. Mm. And you know, it could be a gumbangir person, it could be a, a, anybody. Yeah, you know, the the sounds are still the same sounds. You know, the language and the words and the meaning of those uh, sounds. Uh, it just resonates with me and uh, through through the whole whole land. Yeah. Mm. So you know, 
I, I, I love lots of all the languages. Like, you know, I'm trying to learn as many languages as I can and a little phrase you know, <laughs> yeah. uh, that, uh, you know, I pick up here and there. You know, the sounds of, of, of that, that this thing called the superglottal vocal tract, I learned that while I was doing my <laughs> master's in indigenous languages, is, it makes, you know, these sounds from right here down and glottal right up to the bilabial, the lips and dental and all yeah. that stuff. Mm. So, you know, Every culture, every language in the in the world has got a um, a way of communicating. You uh, you know, and this way of communicating is totally different. Like Gumbanga people could be here, uh, you know, and and we speak our language. Mm. Uh, the uh, in the old days, you know, to to get what we what where we where we want to be and what what we want to get hap- uh, happen, mm. and you know. There was because we're so spiritual and connected to this country. There was ceremonies and languages, uh, words that are spoken, that uh, as really powerful meanings to Gumbanga people. You know, like the word jagi, for instance. That word jagi is is it like gives me goosebumps, you know, because I know what that really means. Mm. So when I say maral gundi juloi, maral gundi maral gundi is gone. yari julu maral gundi maral julu ngi embandi. Maral gundi julu gurai yarang jagi. Maral gundi julu gurai yarang jagi. That jagi means that it's it. I can't describe it. It's like all I can, how I can describe that word jagi is that it means it sacred, yeah, but more than sacred. Sure. So when I say maral gundi julugurayarang jagi, every part of the earth is sacred, but it means that jagi word means more than sacred. So you know when when I give words to people, I I, I try and make uh, make him understand what this re- word really means yeah. because there's no way you can uh, translate it, some words mm. into other languages yeah. you know yeah, what yeah. I mean and you've probably mm. staff, you've probably got words in uh, your language mm-hmm. that that cannot be translated yeah. in any other way yeah loosely translated but they don't capture they don't quite capture the full uh, the extent of what that particular yeah, word I've, means I'd even go as far as to say they don't capture the full feeling yeah. of what that word Means, yeah, it, yeah, that words have connotations, yeah, and that's what creates the meaning. Like, the, how how many times you understand a word in different contexts, yeah, it's getting a bit linguistic. No, that's but, it's good because yeah, it's important it's, to know. And I mean, even just in uh, like a normal day to day lives, like context is incredibly yeah. important, and then like obviously between languages, even more important to really trying to understand each other's context. But I, I think, um, it's from what I've learned, Australia has always been a place where, um, with over 250 languages, yeah. Yeah. and people learn each other's languages, like it's supposed to be a multilingual place, yeah. and it is, but um, it's not as common for some reason to learn other languages. Mm. Yeah. Um, Why do you think that is? Um. Well, it could be something to do with the white Australian policy. We're not working hard <laughs> enough towards it. We will get there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, um, and I think it's slowly coming. And it all depends how you approach it mm. as well, 
You know, we just don't force anything onto anybody. You know what? You know, you've got to learn this language, Goombanga, because it's Goombanga homeland, and you've got you've got to learn this language. No. Doesn't work? It doesn't work. Yeah. You, you have to, uh, uh, you know, you have to work together, you yeah. know, and you have to uh, uh, co- co-create, you know, like the song, you know, mm. and and a little bit at a time. Even Goombangir people find it really strange who cannot speak language, find it very strange for even myself to speak language. My uncle, he can't speak Goombanga language and mm. he finds it so difficult because, you know, the my grandparents and uh, or all my grandparents spoke language, but my all my aunties and uncles and mothers missed out because that generation, they got stopped. Yeah, you know they got forced to learn yeah, English. For, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So all those guys who've, who 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 got forced to stop learning the language, like my aunties and uncles and mothers and fathers, they got they 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 got they, they when they hear Gumbanga now being spoken, they find it so hard to accept that uh, a, a younger person can speak the Gumbanga language and they can't. Mm. So it's very very difficult for them to. You know, understand. Yeah. Yeah. We have similar intergenerational trauma in my family. Like my grandparents from Iraq and Poland, they, on the Iraqi side, they um, kind of had to assimilate yeah. in Israel and learn Hebrew. But they were really proud of their culture in yeah. terms of food and still um, spoke certain phrases in Iraqi Arabic. And on the Polish side, my Granddad refused to speak Polish because um, he's a Holocaust survivor, yeah. and it was just—he was just like, "I don't want anything to do with that anymore," and I'm—I'm I'm going to assimilate to Australia yeah. and be really proud of that and be, yeah, have goals and like live my own life again and create my own life, create my own. Future. So it's really, really does come down to identity, and I guess to what you were saying, Miklo, yeah. the fact that um, your the generation above you feel like probably almost hurt, I guess, would be maybe a way of describing it. Really, really hurt and really feel like... Um, almost left out left or something. Out yeah. left out. But saying that they still got the identity, you know, they still got that connection to the land. They mm. still got stories. They still got, they still got the food. And they still got the connection to families and each other, but they haven't got the language. Yeah. That's the thing. That That's happened. tough. Mm. And yeah. when language is the direct connection to land, it's like a huge blow. Yeah, right? yeah. But it, it's yeah, as you said, it's sleeping, and people can people are right now writing dictionaries and they're learning language again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and writing it. songs in Kumbangi. Yeah, wow. Yeah, that's exciting. Very exciting. Yeah. Uh, and you know, I think um, one uh, by the time I go to the Murabai tree to the tree of life to see my ancestors that I will leave behind here something, you know, really special that all people who live on Gumbanga territory and country will know something about Gumbangir people. Yeah. Because, you know, when I was growing up and I lived on the Aboriginal Reserve, I had no identity. I had no identity. I did not, when I was a child, I didn't know who I was. Wow. I just knew that I was a child. Yeah. You know, they didn't say, hey, you're Gumbangir. This is your language. You know, this is your ancestors, blah, blah, blah. We were just living. We were just living on a reserve and growing mm. up. But, you know, it's great to find yourself again. 
Can I ask, like, how how did you find yourself? I mean, obviously, that must have been something that you've had to obviously overcome some challenges on even just on that personal level, which is tricky. Like, how how did you kind of have the resolve to you know, um, to really connect in? You know, people who who, who go went through, go through terrific or horrific trauma. Yeah, you know, like like uh, Gumbanga people did, right? They saw massacres. Yeah, they they saw uh, their land being taken. They saw the uh, 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 people getting flogged and uh, put onto uh, Aboriginal what they call Aboriginal reserves. Yeah. Right? Um, so to dull or uh, you know to heal, try well. I don't know if it was healed, wasn't being healed, but to uh, overcome that trauma or to cope with the trauma. Alcohol was given to them. Yeah. Cigarettes were given them drugs. Yeah. So from that generation, this is where it all started happening, alcohol and drugs. And, the, and that trauma, intergenerational trauma, was with, the, with uh, our, uh, our people yeah. right all the way down. And I was, I was there as well. Yeah. So when I was 15 or in my teenagers, when I was a teenager, I started the uh, drinking alcohol yeah. and smoking, and I finally found uh, got into um, drugs as well. So that was from there right up until uh, about over twenty five years ago. I I started. I gave it all away. Yeah, I gave all that away, and then I went back to uh, Motorway Language Centre, and then I I, I, I I first of all I started working in a preschool. And then, uh, and then I went to Motorway Language Centre. Then I started uh, learning the language and started doing that. So, you know, yeah, it was a journey. It's a, it was a yeah. big journey for me, big journey. Totally. And, and, and that journey didn't start when I was born. That no. journey started way, way back, you know. And, and whatever happened in the past over 200 and something years ago, that, that was the start of my journey right up until – when I give up the alcohol and drugs mm. and where I am, right, sitting next to this Hello. young girl, <laughs> right here, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So that's my journey, and I'm still, I'm still going on a journey, it's you know. And and with uh, staff, you know, we're gonna we're gonna make good music all the way. Absolutely, yeah. Have you got um? And obviously, this is the the first one. I'm assuming the first one you've done um, with some Gambangi mm. language in. Um, what's the what's the plan moving forward for you and music and just. See what happens. Hey, good. Um, just started a new project in Melbourne. Yep. Like I've got my band there that's still going strong. Yeah. But a new project is called the Melbourne Songwriters Collective. And um, so far it's three women working together um, and really supporting each other and learning from each other. Because mm. we've all got different skills and I think sharing knowledge is really important. Knowledge is power. Language yeah. is power. Mm. And um, we really – it's okay to show our weaknesses and work yeah. through them together. And um, we're well individual songwriters, but we we want to do harmonies on each other's songs and make it really inclusive. Um, and yeah, watch out for that. Totally. I mean, I think it, yeah. one of the great things about collaborating um, is it really breaks down the ego. I think mm. in a big way, and that's one of the great things because when you feel safe with someone or another artist or whatever, you can say, look, uh, you know, I'm really challenged in this area or this area and they might say something different and you can compliment each other yeah. and it really breaks down that need to be like resolute and mm. just on your own and yeah, all that I, kind I of stuff. Yeah, I used to um, not really trust other people to mm. do the work that I could do. <laughs> yeah. 
But I'm really learning to um, kind of delegate but also let other people bring in their creativity. Yeah. Like I said before, I think that's where the magic happens. Yeah, definitely. And and it's always so lovely when something unexpected happens. And I think that's the, the beauty of working together where, you know, sure, you might have an idea, a vision and whatever, and you can, you want to execute that. But also you might have those like little things that happen along the way where you're like, oh, I didn't expect that. That's mm. awesome. And I, you wouldn't have that if you weren't collaborating and doing that totally. kind of thing. It's like every live show is different. Yes. And people say that it's the, if you make a mistake, um, quotation, <laughs> if you make a mistake, it's it's what you do with it that makes it. And sometimes it's the most magical part of the show. How do you, um, how, you how do you deal with your mistakes? On, yeah. On, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, uh, like, all right, my my thing is, um, I like to own my mistakes at the end of the songs if I'm playing, and so especially if a lot of the times I play with a band and play solo, and we do same songs but different keys, oh. and I'll finish the song on it. In the wrong key because I'll just forget. I'll be getting into it too much, and I just totally had like I totally and I'm like, oh, I thought for probably ninety eight percent of that song it was okay, but that last little couple of chords, uh, just apologize. <laughs> anyway, how do you deal with it when you're on stage? Like you know, well, my songs are mainly composed, and then I imp- improvisation is also a key part in it with mm. my band because they're jazz musicians. Yep. Um, and so the melodies, there are parts in the melody where it's improvised based on the words. So at, at every show, I am a different person. Mm. That's what I believe. And the, the audience is different every single show. Um, and so I approach live performance based on how I'm feeling on that day. Um, and so I, I like to keep the music alive by letting that happen, yeah. not trying to prevent it, not trying to, like, stay in the same square. Mm. Um, so there are, like, some parts that are more um, made, I guess, made for improvising, where like, yeah. the songs that I've sung hundreds of times, I'll, I know that that's an area where I'm free to improvise and let um, whatever it's called, the magic, come through. Um, in terms of how I'm feeling mm. on the day. Nice. I think that's what makes live shows um, invaluable because it's really bringing your energy. Yeah. There's a, there's yeah. a um, what's the word? There's an exchange yeah. of, of energy and appreciation and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And I think that's where, like, you know, the whole initial COVID, like, live streaming thing was kind of a novelty but um, it's an, it's just never going to be the same watching something on a screen as as opposed to being there in person, which is really fascinating. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think there's a possibility of as a listener of like creating a space where you, that you can't do at a live show. Like, say sure. you're, you're in your room and you've got all your favorite things around you, and you're how do you listen to music when it's just you? You're not like copying other people. Yeah. like letting the whole experience. Um, in and um, I, I'd like to think people could do that at live shows as well, but sometimes people get insecure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think we're influenced by you know everything around us. It's that interconnectivity mm-hmm. that you're mentioning. It's like the people around us, the environment shapes mm. us too. Um, live shows feels like a thing of the past, but I'd like to think it's the future. It'll come back. Yeah, yeah, it'll be back. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. We can't – I don't think we can survive as human beings without – I mean, it's not not even just music. I always harp about 
music because I'm a musician. It's yeah. my world. I love it. But it's just community in general. Yeah, I and, mean, you can and see electric planes. I reckon. <laughs> but what else? Yeah. Looking at the future. It'd be, it'd be good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Teleportation would be really convenient. All well, that in kind of Norway, stuff. Norway, electric cars are the norm. Yeah, right. Australia's mm. really behind. Yeah, yeah way behind. Come yeah. on, Australia. Yeah, let's go, Australia. Let's, come on, we can do this. We, we yeah. can do better for sure. Yeah. Yeah, but it is interesting, like that whole thing about community. I mean, uh, you, you can see even when the lockdown finished, whatever it was, a week ago or whatever in this area, just how people flocked together and, mm-hmm. and wanted to do things. And, you know, maybe there wasn't any live music straight away because the venues are still kind of getting back into it. But music was everywhere, like whether it was acoustic guitars or Bluetooth speakers or whatever, and people were congregating and communing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I'm certainly optimistic that moving forward in the next little while we can get to that point where we can go out and we can engage mm-hmm. um, with the arts again because it's one of those things that um, and uh, that really does connect us in a, in a big way, music especially, um, but art in general. It's a really special yeah, thing. Yeah, in Melbourne lockdown, um, my bass player Isaac suggested going for a walk with my guitar because, mm. um, yeah, got a guitar strap I can walk with it and I went in, just down the road on our in our neighborhood mm. just playing guitar cool and I remember one of the neighbors was like oh music yeah <laughs> and yeah it's just a really nice way and I ended up writing a really nice song out of that that's awesome and yeah that's another way that our environment shapes how we feel and people really um we're yeah we're meant to be together yeah Absolutely. And you can see how hard it is for people um, when when you don't. Yeah. You know, when you get, don't get to go and do that stuff. How's it been for you, Miklo? Like the just the, the lockdown situation and... You know, uh, uh, I'm, I'm working from home. Uh, my, my wife is stuck in Germany. Mm. She went over just over two months ago uh, before the uh, lockdowns all started. And she was due to come back about three weeks ago on a flight. They culled the flight and she mm. uh, was one of the per- people that got culled. And, uh, um, she, then they rang her up and said she was getting on the plane, but mm. she was downstairs talking to her father. And then when she got back up, they said, no, we've already given her. Oh, no. She's still in Germany. And, uh, for me, like I'm at home at the w- moment working, working at home and, uh, no, I'm sort of liking it a little bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, but there's also, always I'm some also silver linings. Missing her at the same time, of course. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, when the lockdown did finish, you know, and uh, the first day, I think Saturday it was, mm. I went to uh, Liberty yeah. Cafe in uh, uh, Uranga, yeah, yeah. and there was, uh, yeah, yeah. What's his name? Was Greg. Greg was playing. Greg Sheen, yeah, yeah. yeah. And Ben Walsh was there yeah, on that the, morning with the what do you call it? The, um, uh, he was, I thought he was, was he playing bass that day and he was doing the looping? What do you call that big thing that goes like that? Did. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, there was another guy playing. Anyway, the people there, everybody was around and everybody was happy and yeah. smiling and gr- greeting each other, you know, yep. and the music was playing and Beautiful. having coffee and yeah. food and, and, and it just, the atmosphere, you know, just felt amazing. hundred oh, percent. And then the next day, Sunday, I went there again and then there was other, th- uh, three other guys. That, that was, yeah, me and, that was me you. and Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, we had, oh yeah, that's right. I did see you earlier. We didn't, we didn't catch up, but um, yeah, yeah. It, that was incredible. It was so nice to be out there and yeah, you're right. The Liberty are sponsors of this 
podcast, Absolute Legends, mm. yeah. um, as well as all the other sponsors of the podcast. But um, yummy cake there. Oh man, the custard tarts, <laughs> the custard tarts. Oh my goodness! Every single time I go there, I I'm like, I don't really, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. I yeah. always leave with a custard tart. Yeah. So yeah. good. But isn't it amazing that you know that that music does. Like you know, uh, when people are together and it and it draws everyone in, yeah, well, it, they go there for like people like go there for the we're all in one mind, you know. When we especially when you're listening to the music, you know, and you're in, and you're absorbed by this music, every, you know, even though we're all individual people, yeah, it's 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 the music that really connects everybody yeah. together, you know. And, yeah. and and that's what I that's what I like about music and about um, you know being together is just becoming one. Yeah, there's an atmosphere that it creates. That whole thing of coming out and people like the place liberty. You know, even when there isn't music on, you know, you can go there and there's something about that atmosphere. And then when there is music on, there's something even more magical about the whole thing, which I think is awesome. So props to anyone who's putting on music at the moment. We super appreciate it. Um, we're getting close to the end of our time. Um, I might just see for, from both of you just before we say goodbye, um, maybe a little bit of what's on the cards for the next sort of three to six months, just in general. Can I just say something before, Please. before, before, um, you know, the, the, um, Aboriginal people were always told, you know, when, when, when the white man come, you know, this'll be good for you. This'll be good for you. Do this, do this. You know, uh, we're going to give you money and do this. You'll do this. You know, no one asked us anything. Mm. What we, what we want. This young lady here come up and asked, and she, in, and in a respectful way, yeah. you know, and that, uh, uh, you know, that's why you know I think it worked because people who, who approach other people in a respectful way, like staff, you know, you. it it was that's the thing that made it work, and that you know that uh, you know it's so easy for someone to come up and say, hey, want to do this, want to do that, want to, you know. Not approach people like that, you know. Mm. Yeah, but it was it, it was done in a respectful way, which is which is I appreciate so much. Fully, and hopefully we'll do some more. Mm. Thank you. That's really nice to hear. It's you know I'm I'm still learning, and I think that when you ask what people want, then they can bring their creativity in, and it's not like forced. Yeah, mm. but even that what you're saying, I'm still learning, is kind of the point, isn't it? Mm. Um, and you, Mikla, you said it before. You said you're still on a journey. Still on a journey. Still, you learning. know, I'm a lifelong learner. Hundred percent. And yeah, I think that's that's learner. that's the point. And it's mm-hmm. so nice. And these are the conversations. Like for me, you know, obviously I have I have musicians in here, and 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 I love learning about their process. But just learning about life and learning about their experiences and that sort of thing, it's it's a really good thing to do. So start for you. What's what's sort of on the horizon? When's this song dropping? Um, the twenty seventh. Of September. Nice. And, yeah, it'll be on Spotify, YouTube, all the platforms. Um, and another thank you to Shirley Lynn, who's the other songwriter. Um, and, yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of songs. I want to make an album nice. with my band in Melbourne. So I'm, at the moment, organising all of my songs into demos and writing out the lyrics and still writing new songs as well. Um yeah, I've, I'm hopeful at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good to be hopeful. Yeah. You need that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think 
helps to organize everything to get it out of my mind and onto the page. Yeah, mm. it's a very cathartic process. That yeah. whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. And where can people find you? Um, on socials and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Um, Sound of Stuff is one word on Instagram, Facebook. Um, S T A V is how you spell it. If yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm looking forward to writing more songs in my own language as well, in Hebrew. Yeah. Um, that brings me a lot of joy because it was the, I think there's something to do with like the first years of your life, the language. For me, anyway, it's half sure. It's the language that I, um, that I grew up with at yeah. first. And there's a lot of associations with, um, family and, uh, and community yeah. that come from the sound of, me singing that language. Awesome. Um, so that's something I'd like to explore more. It's very, happening. Very exciting. Yeah. Well, uh, world tour. Who knows? Yeah, well, yeah. world tour in an electric plane. <laughs> <laughs> yes, oh, that's that's awesome. So, um, thank you so both so much for coming in. I really appreciate it. Um, I, would you like to do a, a closing, Miklo? Yeah. Babagung orang yang wajar yulo darala. Maral gundi julugura yarang jagi, nia yari julu maral gundi maral julungi embandi. Kumbengir, wajar, yeda yeda yeda. Kumbenga homeland forever, ever, ever. Walla. Walla. No walla about it. Guys, thank you so much for coming. Super appreciate it. Thank you, thank you. Thank you.